Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So, we are we are a day later. We had some technical issues. <laughs> a few days later. A few? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm going to put it out after tonight, so it's well, literally... Yes. Two, so two days later than we normally record, one day later than when for the listeners. Yes. yes, exactly. So we already got some grief from Forrest Bates about not having <laughs> something to listen to this morning. So we're going to make sure he's got something to listen to back tomorrow morning. Exactly. So we, we appreciate you, Forrest. Yes, we do. So um, you want to go into last week's poll question? Sure, sure, sure. So last week's poll question. Talked about asking yourself questions while you're playing Hearthstone. We wanted to know, how often are you asking yourself questions while playing? 32 votes. Thank you to everyone who voted. And uh, we've got a very good audience at asking themselves questions. Almost 70%. 68.8% said they do it almost every turn. Uh, 18.8% said that they do it when they remember 9.4 said uh once every few turns and only 3.1 percent said that they don't typically ask themselves questions at all during a, during a hearthstone game so people are thinking they're trying to plan and uh no doubt it is it is helping them win some hearthstone games i would imagine yeah for sure i mean i like, I just can't imagine not just asking myself, like, this is the simplest question I ask myself pretty much at the, you know, during my opponent's turn is like, what is the ideal top deck for me? Like, what's the, what's the best card to draw next? So like, I'm always at least asking myself that or like, what are the, what do I do next? So like, yeah, I feel like I'm always asking myself questions of like, what, what's the plan and where do we go from here? So I'm glad to hear that our listeners are, are too. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think uh, there's occasional times where I can relate to those three people. And that's when <laughs> I just don't care. And I'm like, whatever. I'm like, that card is glowing. I'll just play it. And maybe the only question I'll ask myself is, wait, what just happened? Because I looked away or something, you know, got distracted with something else. And if yeah, nothing, those are the times. Yeah, if nothing else, uh, starting, you know, about turn six or seven, you should start asking yourself every turn. <laughs> Can't, do I have lethal? Because, <laughs> because that's, you know, you don't want to miss lethal when you get an opportunity to do that. But yes, uh, but it, it tends to be, I, I, I tend to ask questions, but then if I start getting tilted a little bit, the questions don't happen as often or the right questions don't get asked quite as often as they should. So glad to see so many of our, our listeners are, are asking the questions uh, all the time. All right, so we'll have another poll question for you guys at the end of the show. So next up, we have the news, and we've got quite a bit here to get through. I've got my water bottle, so um, <laughs> let's go. Take a breath every once in a while, Derek. Yes, I will. So first up, Book of Heroes. Rexar is out now. Defeat all eight bosses to earn a free Hunter Class card pack. Um, I ran through it. The last boss is completely infuriating. Like, I was not, I'm like, 
This is the hardest single player content I've seen from them in a while. And it's only the last boss. It's just stupid. So I did not enjoy the last boss. I enjoyed everything else from that. So I thought it was solid content. So, so I've got that to look forward to because with the uh, internet troubles I've been having, I didn't get a chance to do it yet. So Ooh, I haven't you... touched it either. <laughs> well, you guys are in for a real doozy. <laughs> Great. This is and, my excited face. Yeah. And, and part of that, going through that Book of Heroes, also helps you complete your legendary quest from this week, too, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, it says defeat Leorox. Yeah, the first I boss. For the legendary quest. Yeah. yeah, it's the first boss. So, yeah, you just have to defeat the first boss and you clear the legendary quest. Excellent. So then we, uh, speaking of Rexar, War Song Rexar bundle is available now until October 22nd for $10. Comes with War Song Rexar Hero portrait and 500 class packs. So, and we'll link that to you in the description notes. Also, we have a quote, hidden, unquote, <laughs> achievement <laughs> to earn 2x. So 2x, uh, two uh, golden transfer students. And it can be completed now. Reports of people earning the cards from playing games from each of the formats, but also some people reporting earning from playing on various game boards listed in the description. So, uh, yeah. So just, I guess, just play the game and you'll probably unlock the transfer students at some point, right? Until yes. someone knows um, exactly what it is. And FYI, those cannot be disenchanted. So if you're trying to like complete that so that you can disenchant a couple extra golden cards, that's uh, not possible. No such luck. Huh? All right. Then we have Boar Control joining Blizzard as an associate game designer on the Hearthstone final design team. So Grandmaster one week, game designer the next. So <laughs> congratulations, sir. Um. Then we have... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, very good player. Another one going from the competitive scene pretty much directly into a job working for Blizzard. We saw Gallon do that a few weeks ago or a month or two ago now. Um, so they're definitely getting, I, I think, some really strong uh, you know, players and people that are familiar with the game to come in and, and, and help. And I can only imagine that's going to improve the product we see going forward but he's jumping in now so the stuff that he's going to be working on we're not going to see for a while so you have to keep that in mind as as well okay so we have patch 18.4.2 battlegrounds patch is released so we'll go ahead and link on that so exciting exciting news for getting to record on a thursday night save the date Hearthstone Fall Reveal coming October 22nd. So a week from today, big reveal, and it's going to be from 7.30 a.m. PT to 9 a.m. PT. So it's going to have... Early. <laughs> me, on the, me on the West, mm -hmm. I, I'm in the PT, so uh going to have to make sure that I'm like not driving to work during this. <laughs> 
Well, that's uh, 10 o'clock my time, and I work from home, so it'll be on in the background. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, unless I have a call during that time, and I'll just mute the TV and maybe glimpse at it every now and then, and hopefully glimpse something from it. So so we have game-directed director Benjamin Lee will open our fall reveal stream with several major announcements. I assume this is going to be the next the game mode that was promised to us at the beginning yeah. in the like roadmap for the year of the of uh what year are we in? Phoenix. Phoenix, think, yes. Right? Yeah, year of the Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's I, been a very long year. Yeah, it has. And memorable too apparently. Yeah. Exactly. I was like Kraken? Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> That'd be sweet. So I, I have to imagine, in addition to the game mode, we might hear about the uh, the new reward system that's been teased and talked about a little bit. We might learn a little bit about the achievements that are coming in the next expansion as well. Uh, so there's definitely a lot of things that it could be. You know, we're getting close to when they would do a, a, a set announcement. I mean, BlizzCon's only uh, would only be like a week or ten days or so beyond beyond the 22nd i don't know that we'll see that but there's lots of things that they could be talking about during that reveal so i feel like they'll tease it like they'll tease a set reveal to just kind of get people's beaks wet you know they they may have with this announcement though because there was there was a uh, picture of the dark what appeared to be the top of the dark moon fair arch yeah yeah, I saw so, that. Yeah, so unless so, that's about the new game mode, unless that's about I don't the know. new game mode, that that is true. It could go either way at this point in time. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. So yes, we have game designers Pat Nagel. Uh, that just like throws me off because I don't think of Pat Nagel. I think of Nat Pagel, which is obviously yes. yes. John McIntyre and John Yang will speak to each reveal in depth with our host, Brian Kibler. And then you can earn two Skullman's packs for tuning in 30 minutes between 7.30 a.m. PT and 9.00 a.m. PT. And that's if you have your Battle.net account linked to your Twitch account and you're in the stream for a half an hour to those times. So if it's all possible to, even if you aren't watching it, and you can set it up to just watch its two free packs. So, mm-hmm. so try and do that just to to maximize your uh, rewards. So, and then we have also more nerfs coming this time to Mage, and we'll kind of get into that during the main topic. But two uh, two big nerfs: Evocation will cost two mana, and Solarian Prime will cost nine mana. Balance changes will also be coming next week before the Masters Tour. And Alec Dawson thread on the changes on Twitter. I will link that in the show's description. Yeah. So so that when it says will also be coming, that's these two. The Evocation and the Solarian Prime change will be coming next week before the Masters Tour uh, is. So so we we don't have an exact date, but I would imagine there might be an update because of what's being announced next Thursday. So it's all probably yeah. kind of tied together. I would imagine that they will put the patch through for those card changes on either Monday or Tuesday. 
And then that big reveal thing is Thursday um, because the Masters Tour, like, they've done this the last two or three now. Where, like, there's nerfs that same week. And so, yeah, they they usually do it on Monday or Tuesday to give the players a couple of days. And then decks are due, like, a little bit beforehand on, like, the Friday morning. Gotcha. And uh, this is a major impact to the Master Shore because if you watch the uh, Grandmasters playoffs and relegations last week, I think Mage was at almost 100% bring rate. So this is a significant change. If your plan was like, I'm going to bring Mage, like Mage is one of the four decks I'm bringing, and it's like, uh, you might want to rethink it just a bit, so... Okay, and then we have the PC Gamer interview with Dean Ixar Ayala uh, about the meta and Blizzard's approach to balance changes. So that is a PC Gamer article, and again, this will go in the show description. So, interview with Ixar about the current meta. In talking about the current meta, he says the team is getting better at balance because it's had more practice. They Makes want sense. exactly. They've been doing small incremental balance changes as time goes on, which is something that we weren't seeing before. So this is awesome. Wants all 135 cards in a set to be at least considered for play in a ladder deck. No filter, no filler cards. I I mean that sounds like a really hard thing to do. I mean. <laughs> It's like shooting for the moon and getting to like California. It's like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm happy with this. It's not, it's not where I wanted to go, but you know what? I can live. So, I it uh, it does feel like there's more car there 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 was always it felt like a set uh, a a contingent of cards that you just looked at and you're like, there is no way that card is ever going to see play. And I mean, there's definitely cards that you looked at in the last set in Skolomance Academy, Ashes of Outland as well, where you'd be like, this probably isn't going to see play, but I don't think there was any that you were like, more than, there wasn't as many of those cards where you're like, no, no, that's just absolute trash. Will not see the light of day for any other reason than you just had to pick something in the arena or something. It, it, I I think they're actually doing a really good job of uh, of trying to may even the even the bad cards quote unquote are are not so bad that you couldn't see a world where they w- wouldn't see any play whatsoever and I think and I think that speaks to the practice they've had at making cards and, and also just the this idea of I think we know you know, power level wise, what something has to do in order to see play. And and so if we do actually do want to see a play, we'll set it above this line. Otherwise it'll be kind of at or slightly below this line as well. So it's, I, I like the idea that there's not just this waste of cards that are being part of an expansion. And, uh, and, and I think it's working out so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keep in mind, even some of the like good cards aren't being included in decks. Like, you know, like wh- how often do you see Brain Feast naturally played in a deck or Combustion? Like those cards that are like, they're good. You just don't put them in your deck. Like you can generate them. That's fine. But you're not going to jam them in your deck. So it's like, all right, 
this definitely makes a difference. So, okay. So he says they are more inclined to make a balance patch right away to correct things than they were in the past, which I mean, seems pretty <laughs> accurate to how yeah. they've been behaving. So on what to touch if changes are needed. Uh, to quote him, if we're looking at a deck that's too powerful, we try to tend to try to tend to try to nerf the one cost cards or the cards that are actually ending the game, because those are the ones that have the most visceral reaction from players. He talks about buffs. Usually it's going to be a pretty minor change, but in the future that um, that class will be healthier because of those char uh, those cards will be a little bit more viable. And one other note from the article, Shaman looks like to see, will, bleh, Shaman will look like it will see changes soon. I think we're going to take a look at a lot of things going on in Shaman to see if there's anything that we can change that would make them a lot more powerful going into the next expansion. So, I mean, let's just face, face facts. Overload is like the worst mechanic that any class has by far. Like, the the stuff like the stuff that they can get away with like you you're happy with paying overload on are too powerful and just like the stuff you're like eh, i mean it just it just feels like it's either it's either way too much or it's like why would i pay for this like that's that's that seems to be the balance problem with over overload for me and i'm like I think Overload needs to be just eh, yanked or redesigned or done something else with because it's not a good mechanic. And like the, like I just said, that the 99% the of the time, like Lightning Bloom, that's great. It's way too overpowered, but you know, it's, it's really good. Totem Golem was another example. Like anything that like really like abuses it or um fiery, flameless or whatever the the four mana seven seven with overload two y yeah of course i'll pay two two overload on a seven seven on possibly turn three like you know what i mean it's like it's either way too much or it's just like this card is awful because of overload so uh zacko was talking about this somebody was asking what it would take to get shaman viable again and he was talking about the overload mechanic and i completely agree with what he was saying in that he said that originally when Overload was was created, you had to pay a tax. You had to pay extra for what you were getting. And more recently, that hasn't been the case. The the number of mana crystals you're getting this turn versus the what you're giving up in future turns is more of a one-to-one -one ratio than it than it was way back when this was first created. And the cards when you have to pay that extra above and beyond what it should cost just because you're playing it this turn versus next, uh, those cards aren't viable. They're, they're just not viable anymore, at least. And, and so it has to be something like the Flame Wreath Faceless where you're getting a 7-7 seven, seven for 6 across two turns. Uh, or like Lightning Bloom. Lightning Bloom is good because you're, get, you're getting two mana crystals now, but you're... You're, you're not paying three mana crystals next turn for it. You're only paying two. So the cards that, that make sense, the cards that like uh, don't really, really cost you a lot. Like why, do, why does 
uh, lightning storm cost five mana when there's so many two mana or four mana two damage aoes it shouldn't be that possibility of getting an extra damage on one or one or more of those minions it, it's just lightning storm's not really viable other than like sometimes you just have to have uh an aoe effect so that's what you do Otherwise, you just kind of ignore the overload and try and make something with the rest of whatever Shaman has going, which is Freeze, it's Elementals, it's it's kind of all over the place. Totems, uh, and, and and there's not really enough to do much of anything there. And it, and then it rotates because it's, it, you know, most of the stuff is not in the classic set anymore, classic or basic set. So I... Yeah, I, I, think... I Go ahead, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I think for me too is that you know, you're talking about all these cards, and it's like, yeah, some of those seem great. But then you compare it, or talking about, okay, I want I want to get this advantage, but it's so bad compared to the advantage that all of the other classes are getting, <laughs> because look at what Druid could do for a while. You know, look at the ridiculous stuff Mage has been doing, and, you know, they're playing zero mana 8-8s. You know, and sure, they have to play some spells, but they're already doing that. But there's not really not really anything like that for shaman like a way to take advantage of it uh there's not enough support to make it better as well um you know some of the other things have like that's like mana giant if you're already playing spells it really kind of supports that that line of of play and that deck building but yeah we don't really have a lot of that with shaman so it just tends to kind of get worse and then it's like well yeah that it can't keep up the only time I've taken or I've wanted a lightning storm is when I get it off Zephyrus and I'm playing another class. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just feel like it's, it's either way too good. Overload's either way too good because you're getting something like, like okay, I'll pay five mana, but I only have to front two up front. You know, like that. It's like it's either it's either too good to be like you know it's like okay this is gonna break things and we'll see nothing but shaman or it's not good enough that it doesn't see any play so like that's where it is plus the hero power is the worst also the worst in the game it literally so random like where's the other hero power that's random like that like none other no other hero power is a one in four on what's going to happen when you hit that button. And obviously if you have totem stick, it's a one and three, a one and two and a one. And you know, like <laughs> exactly if they stick, you know, and they all do different things and I get it. But like the fact the, the it's debilitating the fact that you never know what's going to happen. And like, I don't, I personally don't think it would be absurd if it was two mana, you select a ho totem to summon. Because, like, I feel like the only one that would never, like, probably never get summoned is the, the, the flame tongue, not the flame tongue, but the one, one. Um, so, but I think, like, the healing one's viable, the taunt one's viable, and the spell damage. Spell damage yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of different options there. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that the hero power is bad and that their, their main core mechanics bad. So, shocker that shamans never like the only time it's been really really good is when it can abuse bloodlust 
I mean, that's that's where you are. It's just it's when when they can put sticky stuff on the board and just abuse bloodlust. And then it's like, okay, well, Druid can do that, too. But they can also ramp better and draw more cards and do that a million times better. And it's just like you're gonna make Thrall feel bad here if you keep talking like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Thrall. <laughs> I mean, Thrall's obviously not good at making decisions. He put, he put, uh, he put. Uh, Ouch! <laughs> uh, what's his face? Garrosh in charge of the horde. What he do? Become a war criminal. I mean, let's just let's just let's go there, like. I don't even want to go there because it doesn't. That part of the the Warcraft lore doesn't make any sense. Like literally goes on a rampage, murdering people enough that it's able to unite the horde and the alliance together. And then they catch him. They're like, "All right, let's kill him." And then they're like, "The panda's like, wait, space time jail, guys. Bear with me. Let's put him in jail." It's like, what? What? That doesn't make any sense. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a war <laughs> moment. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so now you now you know how I feel about Garrosh and how he ended. So, ah, uh, anyways, let's go on to our main topic and talk about the first the two cards change coming next week. Um, how do you guys feel about this change? happy Uh, (laughs) i'm definitely happy about it too it's uh it's very much that created by meta and like the the um the yog box and the the solarian prime so like i i've been playing tempo mage um a lot recently but i'm even happy to see these changes because uh, that's definitely a, a feels bad moment because it's just those two cards can just yank someone out of like a position. They have no right, no right to deserve to be coming back in a game from, especially when rogues playing it. Like, it's like, <laughs> I've, I'm like, rogue has access to this card. I don't think it should cause one mana. Yeah, evocation to me is the bigger of these two changes uh, because the mana cost is doubled and it's now not going to be free when a single Sorceress Apprentice is played, which is huge. Uh, It it still feels like you could potentially cheese out something uh, pretty ridiculous pretty early in the game, but it's not going to be, it's going to be a turn later if they're going to try and do that. And so doing that a turn later means they might have more cards in their hand and it just suddenly makes things a little bit more awkward. And the fact that it's two mana means there are not cards that can generate extra copies of it. Spellkin, the the, dra- the, the dragon spellkin, the, the five mana card, and Wandmaker are not going to give the mage a second, a third, fourth version of this card. Uh, that they get to play and and continue to go off on. So uh, I, I I'm really excited to see this. I I haven't played Evocation as much as as some others have, but I've definitely been on the losing end uh, of it. And uh, when you talk about 
uh, feels bad moment, uh, losing to a Sorcerer's Apprentice evocation and a bunch of spells that came from that evocation uh, definitely is up there in the uh, I'm kind of tilted now because of how that game went sort of situation. But but do keep in mind, you can still, the, the Cobalt spell can and the Wand Maker still can put uh, magic tricks in your hand. So you can you can still pull it off magic tricks. So yes. you're, it's not it's not one and done. Still, you can still play multiple there, evocations yeah, in a that's game. That's a that's a second level yeah. generation versus more first dir- or direct card generation of these. So isn't that a little bit more tilting? Because it's like <laughs> yes, maybe, but uh, I guess I I guess I'm gonna I, I'm going to hope. Uh, that, uh, obviously if you play magic trick and you see an evocation, you're probably taking it. So those situations were already going to occur. It's the, it's the extra versions, uh, from Wandmaker and from, uh, the, the, the Cobalt Spellkin that, 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 that felt, felt bad too, because there they're playing just a pretty decent minion for the mana cost. And then just getting this as a bonus on top of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. I think for me, this kind of feels like the changes that we saw to uh, like the rogue Galakrond and like dragon queen, Alexstrasza, where those used to cost zero and then they bumped it up by one. And at first everyone was like, oh, this is going to kill it. Well, you had some people saying, this is going to completely kill it. And then you had some people saying, it's still going to be super good. And I think it, both of them kind of found a middle ground where it's like they still can be really good, but they're not overbearing. And it's, you know, it's not ridiculous, crazy. Like, okay, turn 10, you see a dragon queen come down and one dragon, you're still like, ooh, it's, there's a couple dragons that just <laughs> yeah, came down. Yeah. But it's not like, a, oh crap, it's turn nine and they just played three big things. What the heck do I do? So I think to me, this is still going to feel pretty good, but yeah, not being able to discover a whole bunch of it. Um, in terms of that, that feels kind of like the change they made when you can't discover things off of themselves. And I feel like that was pretty impactful. So I think not being able to generate four or five of them in one game, ideally, you know, depending on how long the game goes, and like you said, discovering an off magic trick or something, but it it's probably going to be better. I, I really do think it's going to be better. I think it's still going to see play. It's still only going to be two mana. There's still a lot of other things that you can use it for and with. But yeah, it's still a powerful card. Yeah. yeah. It still has the potential to be really powerful as well. Yeah. E- even even at two mana typically they were not paying the, the the mana cost and i still feel like you're gonna keep running sorcerer's apprentice because sorcerer's apprentice is a brokenly good card uh and allows for broken things to occur so i could definitely still seeing see this seeing play and it's still being impactful in games and stuff i just i i feel like the number of times you're the the possibility you're going to see multiple of these games these in a single game probably goes down a little bit yeah yeah for sure and it's going to happen in the early game at least to turn later like because most of the times you're you're pairing this with the sorcerer apprentice and probably a uh an ideally a uh mana cyclone so there is a possibility that like this 
comes a term later, which allows you to keep up more pressure or, you know, so it seems to fall in line with the philosophy they've had balancing the game as of, as of late. So like, I think this is a very interesting, I think evocation is still going to be a very playable card. Um, and I think Tempo Mage is still going to be a extremely viable deck because you'll still be able to get a bunch of random spells. Um, because, I mean, Evocation's a great part of that, but you don't need Evocation to go into a Mana Cyclone with a Sorcerer's Apprentice. You don't. And, like, you can make the deck work without it. Is it going to be weaker? Yes. But it's not going to bust the deck down it will probably lower its play rate it'll probably lower its win rate i would imagine but it's still got conj calling and mana giants for zero you know (laughs) zero zero mana mana zero mana mana giants still good yeah free five fives just exactly playing spells pretty good as well and then you you know have the ability to 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 create cards that that give you free six sixes and and draw cards and with the with the side quests and things like that. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that deck is still going to be pretty good, pretty 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 good, if not a little bet a little less good than it is right now. So and then we move to the second change. Solarian Prime is now going to cost nine mana instead of seven, um, which I don't think is going to be it's going to be impactful um but i feel like it's like the 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 feel bad moments of like playing him right on turn seven or even on turn six if you have if you've killed him and drawn him in that amount of time like that is going to be gone but i feel like most of the time if he's coming back out, you probably are around nine to 10 mana anyways, just with, you know, you have to play him, you have to kill him and he has to get shuffled back into your deck. So there you have to draw him. So I think what it does too, is it leaves, um, less mana to do other things, which is what it really is. So it's just like, you can't like play something. You get one more frost, ray of frost basically or you get one more arcane missile or devolving missiles or you get one more spell you get to do one mana worth of things instead of three and that's how i see it so it 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 makes it feel a lot a lot more fair it's still gonna do the same things it does but you can't like do a bunch with it like you can't put out a sorcerer's apprentice and you know have it you know you know after it and go you know off with a few more spells so it makes you think about it and it's not just like a kind of like an almost an autoplay when it comes up. So like, I like this a lot and I feel like, um, uh, Solarian prime still really good. And Astromancer Solarian is still going to see pay, play because Ross frost whisper cram session. Um, you know, you know, all these cards, arcane studies, um, spell damage is a thing and he's still a very good spell damage minion so like yeah so that's where i'm at with that well dang it you talking about having less mana the turn was gonna be my great point so i don't what he said i don't have anything else to add to that (laughs) (laughs) i i think the the, i think the most tilting thing about solarian prime was the having it played on turn seven 
uh, turn seven, turn eight, and and uh, and it, and it felt like it had you know I again anecdotally it felt like it happened more than it should based on the fact that you had to draw uh, uh, you had to draw the first half you had to play the first half first half had to die which it does usually right away because it's scary to leave spell damage up in that deck so unless you had a way of silencing it the prime was going into the deck and then to have it come get drawn so quickly that it could potentially happen as early as as it possibly can which is five turns after the original one was the earliest it could be played uh it just there are definitely dud solarian primes but it felt like more often than not you weren't getting those you were always getting one or two of those five spells because they target you know the opponent's board uh when when uh when thinking about like targeting uh spells uh it it always felt like you were always getting something decent and that was already yes you're paying seven mana for a seven seven which is vanilla stats for the mana cost but those five spells were always are almost always worth at least five to eight mana at the very least and in fact more often than not it was usually like a blizzard plus a secret plus maybe a side quest plus you know some other aoe or some other thing it, it you were getting in excess of 10 mana worth of spells it felt like and you're getting them for almost for basically free just by playing a vanilla statted minion and so it, it just yeah even on turn 10 it, it it could completely change the makeup of the game like completely change the makeup of the game and if you look at cards that do that they are nine mana they are 10 mana this card costs seven mana <laughs> it just was way too much yes you had to you had to put it into you you had to play the first half and put it back in your deck and draw it but you're cycling with that deck with all the spell damage and all and all the cycling that you can do with that deck with arcane intellect with cram session you've got all that spell damage and stuff it, there's just there was no way you weren't going to find it and then it's like you've got this really really powerful card and it, and it's still really powerful it's not as powerful as it was but it's still really powerful you're still going to get a heck of a deal when it comes to comes to the spells that you're that you're getting uh above and beyond the vanilla statted minion that you're paying regular price for yeah, yeah i, I kind of feel like it it was able to too often dig you out of a situation where it's like well my only hope is solarian prime like that's the only thing that can get me it's, out of this. It's the praise yog of 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 this uh yeah. current standard year, right? It's this is this is what you've got. And it's like sometimes it does it, sometimes it does it does. But like the problem being is that yeah, seven's way too early for something like that. And like I feel like that's like one of the ways you won against Demon Hunter as that deck, because that Demon Hunter generally has a pretty good matchup against the the mage. Um, but with 
a Solarian Prime, anything can happen. So, like, I feel like that's definitely, like, has to be something to do with it. Because that matchup shouldn't have been as even as it is. Because Mage should have the upper hand in it. Just do the nature. It's not really a tempo matchup. It's, I'm going to swing weapons and hit you in the face. And if you don't stop me from hitting you in the face, well, you're going to have a bad time. So, it's like... Anything that, like, you don't even tech against it, you occasionally might pull a Frostbolt off or, you know, do something to slow down the Demon Hunter. But, like, you drop Solarian on Prime on 7, I could just turn the game on its head, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's it's back to you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I had a good turn and turn. Your turn now. Yeah. What are so you going to do? I thought of another point while you guys were talking, and in right. Mage kind of made me think about it, but how did you feel when Solarian Prime came down before the set, when it was in Highlander Mage? Wasn't, you know, like maybe you were like, oh, that really sucks, but most of the time when it was in Highlander Mage, it felt okay. So there's two things that have changed since then. One of them is some better spells, since then, that can come off of it. And secondly, is the studies, where all of a sudden, now you've played three Solarians in this game, when it's a freaking legendary, and now you've put three primes in your deck, which also increases the odds that you draw it. And and like uh, Daring mentioned, you know, you have things like uh, Cram Session that you're cycling through that deck a lot faster. Something like that Highlander Mage, only has the one copy. It didn't quite have as much cycle, but now you get this deck that's a lot faster and puts multiple copies of it in. So you're more guaranteed to draw it. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's, it feels super impactful and way stronger than it did in the past. So you're saying multiple legendaries in a deck, uh, of mm. or multiple <laughs> really powerful legendaries, which by their kind of design are really powerful effects that there should only be one of having multiple of those in your deck ends up being kind of busted is what is what is where yeah, you got I mean from. remember the impact when Dragon Queen Alexstrasza couldn't generate herself because that's a really powerful card and getting two of them yeah I was playing some Highlander Rogue today and got to discover another one and I was like wow this is really good but yeah, having three or four because you've discovered a whole bunch of copies of the, the Solarian and then you've put all these primes in your deck. Yeah, that makes a huge difference in how, how it feels and it makes it more consistent. So people are seeing it more often. Yeah, yeah, but nothing's quite as uh, short-sighted as letting Dragon Queen Alexstrasza discover a Dragon Queen Alexstrasza for free. <laughs> yes. And it's like, wow, that, that went from me having to be able to play three dragons to me playing five, possibly seven dragons. Like, <laughs> yeah. no dream portals, it's just all there. <laughs> so enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was way too OP. Uh, exactly. Potion of Illusion being also another really difficult card because that's a spell that the Prime could cast that then suddenly gives you extra Primes to play for one mana. And as powerful as this is for seven mana, you don't care that it's a one mana one one. It's the you're 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 playing it for the five spells, whatever those end up being. Yep. And at that point, the one mana one one Prime whatever it does is going to be good. 
It doesn't matter. To, it, to be fair, it doesn't matter. If it didn't cast the spells, it's a 1-1 one, one that has plus one spell damage in that deck, and that's really stupidly good. So you would... <laughs> if you could play, like, if, if, like, if there was just a one-mana 1-1, one, one, you would consider putting it in your deck. Um, I mean... You know, we have Lab Partner, so obviously it wouldn't do that. But if Lab Partner wasn't there, I mean, you pay two mana for one one Death Rattle draw a card. Like, that's something you'll pay for pretty much every day of the week to cycle it. So I. Blood Blood Mage Thalanos is almost good enough to be in that deck. Exactly. That's not that's not a bad option off of the uh, off the study card either. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right, well, let's move on because that that was big and happened today. So it's kind of fun to be able to talk about it. Um, so we have balanced versus healthy versus fun. So these things obviously mean very different things to different people. So like what it means to someone who's a ladder grinder versus someone who wants to just play the game you know you know every you know a game or two every day and in between things or like on lunch break or something you know where where they're not playing too seriously they just want to have a good time and make crazy stuff happen in the game like these these definitions aren't the same to the different people so it's kind of hard to to do it because like this is this is definitely one thing where a million different people want different things out of this game and you're never going to be able to make everyone happy and make ev- make so everyone's having fun. So it's it's something that, oh go ahead mage I'm sorry I oh, you look like so, you're So this discussion has been happening a lot online in social media on streams different things like that people are talking about the fact that right now we have a very balanced meta we have a lot of decks that are have a win rate at about the same level uh you know at top legend there is there on vicious syndicates report there is not a tier one deck there's not one that's head and shoulders above their competitors everything has a counter everything has some soft counters all that sort of thing so it's balanced and presumably everyone wants balance presumably uh we want to be able to play pick a deck that we like put it go on ladder and have success with it and in a lot of cases we have that but the question then arises if we have a balanced meta are we having fun do we like this is this what uh, are we enjoying ourselves is this how we've achieved the balance is is that the way we want to achieve balance is it balanced because we have uh, a deck that has basically 50 50 matchups up against everything else or is it because we have a deck that has like a bunch of 80 30 match or 70 30 matches and a bunch of 30 70 matches and that that's how balance is being achieved and and then like is is the game are the games that we're winning fun and are the games that we're losing are we not 
are are we ha- are we having fun in spite of the fact that we're losing and it and it feels like the discussion right now is yes this is a balanced meta yes we understand that there's basically eight classes that you can play right now maybe seven arguably depending on how you feel about druid since the the druid changes there there's been eight classes basically for most of this expansion uh that you could play but are 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 you having fun and are you happy with the games that you end up playing and and it doesn't see it, it seems like there's definitely a a contingent of players that are not having fun right now in spite of the fact that it's a balanced meta and despite the fact that it's it's i i think universally we would we as a player base would say we want to have a balanced meta we want to have the ability to play all 10 classes or at least eight classes like we have right now we can pick the class we want to play we can go on ladder and we can have some success yeah yeah i mean just because a game is balanced doesn't mean i want to play it like it's just that's just how it is like like I play a lot of I, I, I have an interest in fighting games and a lot of other competitive games. And just because a game is balanced, like I it could be like perfectly balanced and I don't want to play it. I can also enjoy a game that is so unbalanced. It's not even ridiculous. It's not even fair. It's just like this game is so off balance that like I don't even want it like it's like i would never want to compete in this but i still really enjoy it like so like i can think of a few examples of like fighting games where it's like there's no balance to this game but i i'm having a good time when i play it so like and there's also times where it's like this game is really really balanced but like i don't care like the characters i like to play have really bad matchups and it feels bad when i lose so yeah, I I'm not really into this at this at this moment in time. So it just it is 100% a thing. It's just if the game is functioning on like very balanced thing, you cannot be having fun. Um I've not been having a lot of fun over the past month and a half, I want to say. I keep playing because I I still love Hearthstone and I still love the game at its core. And I know this comes and goes with me. Like, I hit patches of, of the meta where I'm like, I'm not super enjoying myself, but you know what? I, I still find myself having fun during games uh, here and there, and um, I hang in there because I know something will change, something new will come out, or something will get changed. Like, I think these, uh, these changes to Mage are going to add a new flavor to the game. So, like... I think that this is a, a really good thing, and I think it's going to keep things in balance and kind of change the fun. But like the RNG, like this Hearthstone has always been a game where RNG is a thing. Like that's one of its selling points. It's like you can do things in this game that you could never do in Magic. Like that's like one of the selling points of the game. It's like you want to do crazy stuff like generate cards. Obviously, you can't do this in Magic the Gathering. That's just not how it works because this is a physical card game. And yes, it is a digital version, but the digital version is the same exact as the physical card game. So it bears the same rules. You can't generate just random ass stuff. You can generate 
counter tokens and buff tokens, but you know, that's something completely different. You can't like generate another mythic. You can't randomly play a card that gives you another card that gives you another card because how would you do that without a computer pulling down RNG? So like it's that, but it feels really bad to lose to sometimes. And it's just, it just feels awful to be like, I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning this card that didn't start in this deck. Just beat me. Like it just like, why would I play around this when it's just like, he should, that, that class shouldn't have access to it. Or like, why he obviously doesn't run a flame strike in his deck yet. I just got hit with a flame strike for five damage. And that just clears my whole board and stuff like that. It's just, it's, it gets frustrating with the, the amount of things being generated. And I think, uh, John Bray said, mentioned something like uh, to that extent too, where it's like, it's just like, it feels bad to have your, or I can't remember. It might've been in the article. It might've been the PC gamer article, um, saying it's like, well, you know, it feels bad to have like generated by or have like priests steal your best stuff and like take your stuff and like use it against you. And it's like, this isn't like you didn't, you didn't bring a rattle gore, but now you have rattle gore. So it's like some of that's some that's a little bit less frustrating against, against priest when it's like when it steals it. Cause you knew that was going to be in their deck most of the time. I mean, but then they can generate with Galakrond or, you know, like mage and, and rogue are particularly egregious with it. it Those the three classes that are really egregious are rogue mage priest, where, where they can have a major part of their game plan be like, well, I'm just going to play. I'm going to try and play whatever I can. And if I need something outside of my deck, I'm going to just go, go and try and grab it. And it's like, I don't really get that option with warrior. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't get to be like, man, I need a brawl. Like, yeah, you can, you can, you know, play the evil recruiter that hits the ethereal lackey. And then you can pull a brawl as opposed to, I play evocation. Here's nine spells. Is this going to get me out of my, this nonsense miss? Probably, or at least do something for me. So like, yeah, so I, I the the level of RNG, and I know they're they're talking about like reining back in the created by, but like it feels like a whole lot more, and it's really good right now. So it's just like it's kind of frustrating at times, and it's even though it's not like back breaking, but it still feels really bad to lose against, and it feels really bad when it's just like. The evocation, if you're playing that deck, and the evocation, and the the magic tricks, and the wand makers, and the cobalt spellkins, and they all like, like how many elemental allies do I need? Like none. I don't need it. I didn't put it in my deck. Please stop giving these to me. So, Dragon Rider, how do you feel about the meta right now? That is balanced versus fun versus oh. it being healthy. Yeah. So. I'm on that same boat. I haven't really felt like I've been having a lot of fun, uh, although it does feel pretty balanced in a way. There's a lot of different stuff you can do with different classes. Almost all of the classes have different decks you can play within that. Uh, so in terms of that, it feels pretty good, but it it's not as fun. And I do feel like we've gone through metas like this before, 
where generally when things are actually balanced in terms of a like design perspective, those are usually when the players have the least amount of fun. When things are crazy and like totally unbalanced is usually <laughs> when people have the most fun. But then, you know, and, and that's why it's hard because Blizzard has to look at it in terms of, well, you know, these people who want the fun aspect are looking at, you know, different things than what competitive players are looking at, than what they are looking at as devs because they kind of have all these stats. And so it's extremely difficult to try to balance all of that in how they want to balance the cards and the meta. And also with the fact that we get an expansion every four months and then they've been also doing these, you know, multiple like nerfs and changes within each expansion. It just continually changes things all the time. Uh, but overall, in terms of things like the created by and random generation, um, it's it's weird because if you look back, and I can't remember where I saw it. It's been a while now. But there was a post or a, like something on Reddit uh, that actually kind of showed cards over time of the last like four or five sets or something. And the actually the most recent set was the set that had the least amount of RNG like cards in it uh, and it's it's decreased but the difference is is that the rng now is way more impactful um so in you know i mean like at the start of hearthstone you had things like knife juggler and like that was your rng and that could be impactful but you know one damage here or there when there wasn't a lot of other ways to generate stuff, you know, and then you knew, okay, well, as soon as I kill that knife juggler, it's gone. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, but yeah, now we have evocation creating nine things. And then and you have way too many things like that, that are doing, you know, too many things in the deck or creating too many things that, that weren't there. And instead of playing with your 30 cards or maybe 33, 34, 35 cards, you're playing against decks that have 60 cards all of a sudden. And that's not, that doesn't feel, feel good for anybody really. I mean, maybe the person that's generating all that and then wins, <laughs> but like, you know, when you're playing against that, it's, it's discouraging too, because you can't build a deck. You can't build a good strategy. You can't feel like you're actually playing when you're coming up against that. And I think that's the hard part for kind of the developers is how do we balance creating and generating a little bit that's kind of fun but not making it so that you know it's creating this this factor where people don't even feel encouraged to try new decks or to build things that they want to because well why you know why do i even bother i'll just i'll just play this same deck that makes 60 million cards and be fine i, th I think we're still kind of feeling the effects of the year of the dragon and all of the the uh, card creation that got to occur in there. I mean, if you think about lackeys and different things like that, that though, that's a lot of card generation just right there on it, on its face. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, I, I think back to like one of the, one of the, I think one of the more balanced metas that we've had uh, set, setting aside a, a certain quest was, uh, was Journey to Angoro. I hear a lot of people talking about Journey to Angoro and how balanced it was and setting aside the 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 rogue quest. Uh I feel like the the 
the RNG in in that in that uh, uh, set and and the meta that kind of spawned as a result of that set, there was there were there were more limits on it, uh, which which is I think what what you're saying is is like it's one thing if you adapt a couple minions and give them you know a divine shield or give them poison or give them plus three attack, it's another thing to just randomly find a couple fireballs and a frost bolt when, when, when all you're doing is trying to find damage or so, something like that. And so, you know, yes, wand maker is just giving you a one mana spell, but what you can do for one mana now versus what you could do for one mana, you know, uh, a couple, a couple years ago, uh, completely different. I, I, I mentioned this today. Wandmaker now is the most played card in Skull and Ants Academy. It is everywhere. And the reason is pretty much every class has a subset or has several one mana cards that that you want that you probably would be would be good enough to see play in the deck, but it's easier to just play the Wandmaker and potentially get one of those cards as opposed to actually putting that card in your deck because you get a minion on top of it right it's it just sort of it it sort of makes makes it makes it seem like well there's no reason not to play it i don't know if i'm going to need a, a silence this game so why would i put the silence in when i could put a wand maker in and potentially get the silence anyway and and so it's 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 really interesting and like i've t- I've been I've been trying to figure out if I'm enjoying this meta or not, and there are definitely days where I am not, and and it seems to be directly related to who I end up playing against and what sort of ridiculous thing happens during these games, and and it and it speaks to the the level of the quote unquote power turn that the, that decks are capable of doing how much card generation occurs during the game, you know, what, how many things that end up getting played that didn't start in the deck end up getting played. And just, do I feel, I guess, scammed out out of a win? Like, am I, I, I'm playing a game that, that feels, uh, the, 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 the decks I've been playing, like Pure Paladin and the uh, Soul Fragment Demon Hunter and some of that stuff, even more of like the uh aggro hunter it's it's they feel like there's they're very straightforward they have a very kind of linear path they feel like i'm not scamming people necessarily though i guess there's probably some scamming that's going on in those decks too but it doesn't but it doesn't feel like like you're saying with like the 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 evocation and like the um uh uh, like just random zero mana card, zero mana cards, and like, uh, or having cards that were in my deck taken from me and then used against me, like typically happens with priest and stuff. So, I I don't know. It, it's I think I think I'm a, I think I'm okay with this mana, but at the same time, there's definitely days where I'm not. <laughs> definitely not. Not not scamming, huh? Uh, can I, have I introduced you to my friend Penflinger? 
Um, and Mr. Broom, have you have you met these two fellows? Yes, I have because, met those individuals. Because because they feel like Penflinger feels really scammy because it's like, oh, guess what? I have zero I have zero mana spells that always come back to my hand when my minions die, so I get to do one mana damage repeatedly over over and over and over again. It's like, hey, mage, how would you like? A uh, uh, one mana ping that you could use ten times in a turn. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing that's worse about it is the "Hey loser" that it says every time. Too, I didn't used to think it mattered what those cards would say on entry, uh, like mm-hmm. you know, as a as like a entry onto the board. But I tell you what, that pen flinger is absolutely freaking obnoxious. <laughs> that is tilt inducing. That pen flinger, I'm telling you. Well, I mean, have you heard? Have you heard my jaws that bite, my claws that catch? Because <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I guarantee you that that will trigger some PSTD and uh, some other people. So PTSD. actually, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because that that was kind of the next point that I was going to bring up is I feel like the meta we have right now, and maybe a little bit of the meta before this, but especially right now, it feels like everything is happening uh, turns sooner things in the past or you're able to do a lot more in every turn or in those big turns whereas before you had to build up to it like Shutterwalk. you know you had to play and find those cards and then get to you know get to that point and then do your big combo uh your shivala otk you literally had to go to fatigue basically build up your combo and get to that point and uh, we've seen a lot of other things like that in the past but it does feel like the meta right now is is a lot of these big powerful swing turns are happening several turns earlier, and so it it feels worse because it's like oh well pfft, oh yeah great they just got the um you know they just got this powerful turn on turn four cool what do I do about that and I mean that was one of the reasons that they got rid of um, MCT right because MCT yeah. came out so early it swung the board. And if you look back and now, it's like, oh, MCT doesn't seem that bad. Like, if you're comparing to this meta, I'm like, maybe that's okay, RNG, because I, I feel like a lot of what we're having now is is not as good. Yeah, it's definitely... And there's there's a lot here, and it's, there's a lot to process, and we are definitely over an hour. <laughs> so let's go ahead and wrap this up. I mean, I think you all, both of you make very good points, and that, like, it's just there's there's not a right answer to this it's just how you feel like the right answer is the meta is fairly balanced right now whether you're enjoying that is one thing or another and you know you how you feel about that is uniquely you and if you don't like it that's okay if you love it that's also okay it's it's to each their own and this game is meant to fill many different um you know categories for many different people so if you love this meta keep on it and if you hate it hang in there there's new stuff coming soon i i so i would say this we we have a poll question and it's going to be talking about the balance changes to mage but i would love to get some feedback on twitter or in our email box telling us what you think of this meta and and maybe not with expletives or anything like that but but just give us your thoughts. Tell us, do you think, are you enjoying what you're, are you enjoying the game right now? And and if you're not, or if you are, tell us, 
tell us what you like about it. Tell us what you're playing. Tell us, you know, what it is that's going on and, and what you're getting out of it. And if you're not enjoying it, tell us why you're not enjoying it. Is, is it the RNG? Is it all the created cards? Is it the giant swing turns early? I, I, I'm genuinely curious and want to hear as many opinions on this as I possibly can, because I, I think it's really interesting and and I just I want to know I want to I want to know as many perspectives on it as I can. So awesome. Well, then you want to go into the poll question? Yes. So with the poll question for this week, since we have uh, balance changes for Mage coming next week, we want to know from you: Do you feel the balance changes that are that are coming for Mage, the Evocation and the uh, Solarian Prime, were they needed? Yes, no, or or you're not sure. You did you you apparently are not playing mage and haven't played against them, which I'm not sure how that's possible, but it's uh there there's a not sure option there as well. So let us know, vote, leave us leave us feedback on on your on your vote. We'd love to hear them and we will talk about the results on next week's show. Speaking of the show, you can email the show at dr3hs at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at dr3hs, and you can check out our top pin tweet to find the Dr. 3 Discord, where you can see Forrest Bates complain about us not putting this episode out on time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, I'm just, just happy that we have people that enjoy the show that much. Exactly. Yes, yes. We're, we're kidding. We're poking fun. Yes. But it is out of love and appreciation that somebody cared enough to say something. Exactly. Yes. I, it very, very heartfelt place. And I'm, I'm super glad that we have people who are affected by our technical issues and we don't, we don't like having them and we don't like not putting the show out on a regular time. So, um, but we wanted to make it up and we wanted to still put it on a show this week. So, um, and you can find myself at daring alkaline on Twitter uh, Dragon Rider, where can we find you? Sure. Um, first, I just want to put in my vote for this episode being called Uniquely You, because that was great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to find more from me, you can follow me on Twitter at DonnieDK, that's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K, and on Twitch, uh, DragonRiderDK. And Mage. Find me on Twitter. I am at MageDeath. And then Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, when my internet is working, which hopefully is going to be all the time now, yeah. you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash MageDeath as well. And I apologize that I was the one that had the computer problems, and so we couldn't record earlier this week. But it ended up working out well, because we, we got a nerf announcement and a, a reveal stream to talk about for next week. exactly exactly so it it all worked out in a crazy mixed up way so as always guys thank you for tuning in on uh a little bit late this week but and as always you've been listening to dr three thing on yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i've still got internet